Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Hey, my monkeys, what is going on? Today is Thursday. It is the 28th of March, 2019. My voice may sound a little bit off. I do have, I think, a bit of a chest cold. Hopefully I won't hack and cough too much. But if I do, I'll try and edit it, most of it out. But hopefully, I, if, uh, if that's the case, I don't miss it. But if I do miss one, you at least know what that is. Contact info. The voicemail is 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. If you want to record some audio or if you want to send in just an email and have me get those things out on the show for you, the address to send that is thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Now, the last two shows I had done a couple of Rob Zombie movies, and I am planning on doing The Devil's Rejects. And if you haven't heard those other two reviews, this will be a little bit of a spoiler alert for the movie 31 and for The Lords of Salem. Didn't really care for them all that much. Uh, especially 31 I didn't care for uh, too much at all. The Lords of Salem had some things I thought that were interesting and had some uh, some things I thought that weren't too bad but overall again I thought that uh, well you can go back and listen to the review I guess I don't need to sort of rehash it here so anyway the movie that I'm going to do today is a movie from 2009 it's an Australian movie and it's called The Young Ones or no The Young Ones holy crap Young Ones was an old British show from way back in the day. Anyway, it's called The Loved Ones. And like I said, it is an Australian horror movie. I was not familiar with any of the actors. So to me, everybody was kind of a fresh new face. And as is typical in a lot of these horror movies where you're going to maybe have some things that are more adult-themed or maybe there's going to be some nudity, things like that, Most of the actors, I believe, were in their 20s at the time that this was made, probably in their mid to late 20s. Uh, But a lot of them kind of have sort of some some of the baby faces. But they definitely do not look like high school kids. So anyway, the premise of the loved ones, and normally what I will do, and I don't, maybe I'll do it with this one, but my normal sort of format I guess is the right word for the show, is 
what I will generally do is talk about a movie, maybe get up to about the first act, and then I will say, going forward, there will be spoilers. I'll drop in some music, and that way if you liked it or it piqued your curiosity from the description of the first act, then you can decide on you know whether you want to uh, go and watch that, then come back and listen to the rest of the show. And of course, on the rest of the show, I will spoil it. So I will talk about endings. I'll talk about major plot points, things like that. So I think I will maybe do that. Although even with this movie, it's it's relatively simple and you sort of know kind of from the jump what happens. And uh, because most of that stuff is in the trailer, it's on the cover art. It's, uh, again, the... I guess a mini spoiler is that, and again, this is what the movie's about, so you're you're not really being spoiled, but you have a high school student who is kidnapped by this girl uh, who was in high school with him and then is taken back to their place where various and sundry thing happens to this young man. So, all right. So that's sort of the, the premise of the movie. So let's go ahead and jump in. The movie opens up. You have a, a younger guy. Again, he's supposed to be probably a high school senior or so. He, so he's supposed to be probably, I would think, maybe in the context of the movie, he's supposed to be probably 16, 17, you know, right around in there. He is driving with his dad, and, you know, he and the, the dad is kind of like... Uh, you know, kind of a goofy, kind of cool dad. But you can tell that they have, you know, probably have a decent relationship. He likes his dad. It's not adversarial like how they have it in a lot of these movies where the kids are, you know, basically total dicks and, and uh, you know, are full of snark and, and angst and rage and all this other stuff. Well, this isn't the case with these two. So as they're driving, they're talking, they're playing some, I forget the the song, but they're playing like an old song from the, I want to say it's from the 70s. But anyway, they're kind of talking and have a little bit of banter. And while he's looking, and again, he is driving. The the young boy is driving. Or I guess I shouldn't call him a young boy. I should call him a teenager. The, the teenager is driving. And his name is Brent. So I'll just say, I'll just do it that way. So Brent is driving. He and his dad, he's kind of looking over at his dad. And all of a sudden, you know, as his, as, as his attention, there we go, is diverted and he looks back to the road. He sees another guy out in the road who's not wearing a shirt, who's kind of all bloodied up, and he swerves to avoid him. And when he swerves to avoid him, they go off the road and hit a tree. Well, it flashes forward to, I think, a couple of years later. So, again, I'm not sure when you start learning how to drive in Australia. I don't know if it's the same as here in the States. So let's say if he was having his permit or something like that, and he was maybe... 15 at the time so he's again he's going to be 17 or 18 probably uh, by the time this rolls around so we we pop forward into what we would consider the present he is sort of a long-haired kind of uh oh maybe like a heavy not necessarily even a heavy metal guy but he's got kind of longer hair he's got a friend who is named uh, i believe his name is jamie we find out later, and they're, they're friends, and you see like kind of this goth girl who later we learn is Mia comes down the hallway, and Jamie is kind of you know looking longingly at her. It's obviously like he's got a major crush on her. 
She gets her stuff out of the locker, heads off towards class, and Brent encourages Jamie to go talk to her. So as they go into the classroom, and Jamie uh, and uh, Brent's still in the hallway, Jamie follows Mia into the classroom, and... I got a text there, so sorry about that. But I'm not going to edit out. I think I'm going to leave that in. I don't know if you heard it or not, but anyway, I am a little distracted. So um, where was I? Oh, so he goes into the classroom. They go off camera. He pops back out. Jamie does, and he's like, yeah, she said yes, she said yes. And so he's all happy. He pops back in, and then we see that Lola approaches Brent, and she's kind of staring at him. I think she is supposed to be sort of kind of a misfit person. Obviously, she is an actor in a movie. Uh, she is a very, and she's probably in her, again, mid to late 20s. She is, in, in real life, if you saw her, she, she's, you know, she's a very pretty woman. She's a knockout. And, and they make her up, you know, to kind of look a little odd, but... Like, when I first saw her, I'm like, oh, this girl would have no problem getting pretty much any guy. But anyway, she comes up to uh, Brent and asks him to the dance. You know, she's she's like, oh, kind of hesitant. Would you go to the dance with me? And he looks at her, and he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going with Holly to the dance. Later, we find out that Holly is his girlfriend. It's not just some girl that maybe he recently asked, but... I think they live in a relatively small town. And so this Lola girl would sort of know that, I would think. But again, we're seeing some of that thing of where she's sort of a, maybe a social misfit. And uh, maybe that's why she doesn't have a boyfriend or we would be led to believe. Or maybe the the people that she likes aren't, uh, she always likes to go after somebody maybe who's already taken. Or maybe she's just infatuated right now with Brent. So anyway, he tells her no. He's not mean to her. He's not condescending. He just says, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm already going to the dance with Holly. So Holly has just, uh, we meet her. She's uh, in the parking lot. She has just gotten her license. She gives Brent a ride home. Prior to that, they go out and they uh, screw out in the parking lot in her, I guess it's in her VW. And a lot of this stuff, you know, is supposed to be in the movie where you're sort of getting introduced to our main characters and sort of getting to know their characters. And when they're out in the parking lot or wherever they are, I'm not exactly sure where they are, but they're in some, I think it's relatively close to the school because you see them, they're going at it. They're, they're totally, you know, into each other. They're distracted. And Lola comes up and is watching and she has sort of like this rageful look on her face. So anyway, the reason I, I mentioned that, that they are out in the parking lot going at it, is because we do see that Lola sees them. But we also see that when Brent takes his shirt off, he is wearing a chain, and on the chain is a razor blade. And on his sides, he has a bunch of cuts. So he's been cutting himself. So obviously there's something going on with him. Uh, we see Holly sees this. She seems concerned. Uh, but before she can voice anything, he kind of, you know, grabs her and kisses her, and they continue on with their sweet, sweet lovemaking. So afterwards, Holly drops him back at home. His mother is like, how'd you get here, or something like that, and he's like, well, Holly brought me. 
And she's like, well, Holly doesn't have her license. How is she driving? You know, did you drive? And he's like, no, you know, she just got her license today and I didn't drive. Don't worry. And then basically we see that he, now whether it's true or not, the mother, when they were in that car accident and what we're not told until now is that the father had died. And of course he was driving. So Brent blames himself and we also are, are maybe given the sense that she sort of blames him as well. She doesn't want him to be behind the wheel of a car or anything like that. So, um, let's see from here. There's just kind of a little bit of filler material. Um, we go out, he goes out kind of out into, I don't know, the back 40 or something, someplace on there, maybe on their property or he's out somewhere. He's smoking a little weed. He's got his dog with him. He's listening to his music. A man approaches him from behind. And at first I think, oh, it's going to be his buddy Jamie is going to go up, you know, and kind of push him or something like that. But no, it turns out that it is Lola's father. And he basically comes up behind him and chloroforms him, drags him off. That night is supposed to be the night of the big dance. So Holly comes over to pick up uh, Brent at his house. And we see that the mother is kind of concerned. Oh, where is he? You know, do you, do you know where he is? And she's like, no, I thought he'd be here. And, and they're like, oh, maybe he's sort of off by himself. And, of course, what's sort of left unsaid is that, like, Holly's concern and the mom's concern are like, no, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be gone for this. And so what they, what they do, and the reason I say that is because what they do is they call up one of the local police guys. And I don't know, and I, I can't remember again if they talked about the relationship that he would have to Brent and his family. This policeman, his last name is Valentine, and I, for, I, I forget what his name was in the movie. It, I don't, it wasn't, I, I, for some reason I think it's Greg. I don't know if, if that is maybe the actor's name, um, but we'll just go ahead and go with that for now for our purposes. So anyway, I guess what I'll do here is before I get into too much more, what we'll do is we'll say that this is a good stopping point so that we've seen that Brent has been taken and we see too that there are people that are concerned for him. When the mother calls over to the policeman, to Greg's, he's like, oh, you know, this is, he's, you know, he's gone off for a while on his own and then he, he always turns up. You know, so don't really worry about it. And the reason that they are so concerned, again, is because it's the big dance and the, he has problems, but he wouldn't. It, it goes against his character not to be there for the dance and not to go there with Holly. Anyway, so like I said, we'll go ahead and we'll start getting into a little bit more spoiler territory. So what I'll do is I'll drop in some music here. And then when we come back, I'll give you the spoiler warning again. So if you don't want to know what happens and, and get to the end of the movie, go ahead, sign off, check it out. You can get it. I think you can get the disc on Netflix. I think it's on, if you've got Amazon Prime, I think it's on Prime. I'm not sure if Hulu or some other places have it. Most of this stuff, too, you can always rent from Apple. Or if you don't have Prime and you have Amazon, you can rent from them. It's a, I don't know that I would want to pay the 4 or $5 to rent the movie. Uh, but it is... So like I said, if you've got Prime and it's free for you because you're already paying for it, it's part of the service, 
definitely go ahead and give it a watch. If you can red box it, maybe for a couple of bucks, I would say do that. I don't know that I would, again, pay $5 to watch it. So anyway, I will sign off. If you are not coming back, go ahead and you still want to go ahead and send in some stuff, you can do that. Again, the email address, thearmedape at gmail.com, the voicemail, 206-745-2731. All right, we are back, and we're going to jump into some spoiler stuff. Now, the rest of the movie, so again, if you're if you've stuck with us through this, there will be spoilers, and we'll talk about the end of the movie and some of the things that happen. So we kind of cut back and forth in between Jamie and Mia, and, and Jamie is uh, Brent's best friend, and Mia is the daughter of the policeman. And Jamie and, and Mia were actually the ones that I was more interested in. I thought that maybe Brent and Lola and Holly in there were more just sort of while not written poorly, were just typical. Uh, again, not good, not bad, but nothing that really super stood out for them. Lola, the, the character of Lola was interesting, but I felt that they didn't, maybe with her character, they made her kind of sort of like a, a child psychopath, I guess, a little bit for her age, you know, for what she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be probably, again, between 16 and 18 years old. So Jamie goes and he picks up Mia at their house. She's very kind of like a morose goth chick. He's brought her some flowers and uh, the mother's like, oh, tell him thank you. And he's like, ah, oh, no worries. And he has a, a cute little line where he says, like, you know, she always dresses all in black. And so he said, I couldn't really find any roses in black. And the mom kind of chuckles at that a little bit. The dad comes out, gets a couple of pictures. Then they, course, they sort of drive off. There was another little funny part where the dog comes out and is sniffing his balls on uh, on Jamie. And later in the car, Jamie's like, oh, you know, I had some weed in my pocket and that's why the dog was sniffing at my crotch. I didn't want you to think I had bad hygiene. And then she looks at him and is like, you know, you know, why do you expect me to suck your cock later? Which, again, it's funnier when the delivery, because it's more of his face. and He's kind of like, oh, but. I like I like the character of Jamie because he actually is he's a very just kind of a nice kid he's sort of a decent uh, just regular kind of guy and again not doesn't have a lot of he he's not sort of this kid where his family life is crap and and uh, you know he's kind of a jerk or anything like that and with Mia we later in the movie find out sort of why she is sort of the way that she is now earlier i i had mentioned that they car um i think brent's mom is named carla i think she had called over to the to the policeman to greg to constable valentine i guess is probably a safe bet to call him she had called over there and then the wife they were in bed and he picks up the phone the way that they have them staged is his wife is laying on her side facing away from him and he is laying on his side facing away from her. He gets the phone call from Brent's mom and again, you know, tells her, oh, he'll probably turn up, this, that, and the other thing. So 
but you see that there is some tension between the policeman and his wife. And later we kind of find out, you know, why that is. So again, like I said, we're going to cut back a lot between Jamie and Mia and their story and between Holly and Brent's mother and between the the policeman. And then we're also going to cut back in between Lola and her dad and they have Brent held captive. So they wake. So Brent wakes up. He's in a tuxedo. They've made like a little mini dance thing at Lola's house. The father and the daughter are both complete whack jobs. Later we find out that, and they, they, well, before I jump in with that, they have Brent tied to a chair and he is kind of like, you know, what is going on? He's, he kind of, the emotions that he's having are kind of in between anger, frustration, and fear. Uh, But he doesn't ever really get to the point where he is like breaking down crying. He's terrified a few times because of some of the stuff that they do to him. So one of the first thing he wakes up, they take, I think they take some pictures of him, but anyway, it doesn't matter. They inject him with, it's some type of a blue liquid. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is supposed to be some type of a sedative or it's supposed to be some type of maybe even like window cleaner. It, that, it looks like Windex, but I, it, it's not in a Windex bottle. And I don't know if it's an Australian version of that or not. So if some of you guys have seen the movie, maybe you can shoot me a quick email or drop a line on Facebook or something like that under the Yarm Date page and uh, let me know, you know, if you actually know what that is. So anyway, they, in, you know, they inject him. Uh, they kind of put him through a lot of stuff. And what's what's interesting is the movie does have some gore, but it is not, <clears throat> excuse me, but it is not like a gore fest. There's a lot of blood and a lot of things like that, but... A lot of the stuff that maybe you when when other horror movies would show maybe him getting cut or him uh, at one point they drill into his head and they would actually show maybe the drill going in that type of thing and I don't know if they did that maybe for budgetary reasons where they would cut away uh, there were a couple of things where they did you know some special effects shot at one point he is able to get out of this chair that they've got him tied to. And he makes a break for it. They and he climbs up this tree. They eventually chase him down, get him down, and then they basically. I guess I should stop saying basically. They make they take some. It looks like maybe steak knives, and they drive those through his feet into the floor. And you sort of see that a little bit. But even with that, they do some cutaways. The daughter wants to have her first time with him and drill into his head. Usually you, you know, what we're told basically is that the dad usually does that. And what they're going to do is sort of lobotomize him, I guess a little bit. And so what he says is, well, just drill in and only go just to where you break into the skull. Don't go into the brain. And because what they're going to do is they're going to take boiling hot water and pour, pour that, excuse me, into his, the hole that's in his brain. Now, we also find out at this point that 
There is an older woman there who we later find out is the mother, and they've lobotomized her. And I don't know what the level of awareness is. Uh, And I think what I'm going to do is I'll sort of stick with... Well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to jump back and forth too much. Uh, Well, I, I guess we'll do that a little bit. We'll jump back and forth a little bit between the other stories. So... We see that Jamie and Mia, he drives up to the school. They're out in the parking lot. They smoke some weed. He's like, well, let's go in. And she's like, no, wait. He has some booze in the car. They drink. I can't remember if they start making out or not. Eventually, they go in. She's pretty lit at the dance. Uh, They're out dancing on the floor. And then she starts, like, grabbing his dick and everything. And he's like, whoa. Uh, And he's not being aggressive towards her or anything. She's she's the one who's sort of making all the moves. One of the teachers is like, you know, hey, if you're going to do that shit, you know, get out of here. Go do it somewhere else. So they leave. They go back out to the parking lot. And then they, they start going at it. And then that same teacher comes up and knocks on their window. And he's like, hey, you know, I told you if you're going to do that, you know, when I said to leave, I meant get off school property. Not just, you know, not get out of the thing. So eventually... Nothing bad really happens to them. Eventually, after the dance or whatever, after a certain amount of time, Jamie and Mia, Jamie eventually takes her back home uh, to where uh, the Valentine guy is, the, the constable Valentine, the policeman lives. And I think it's at that point that maybe it's a thing of, oh, you know, um, Brent never showed up. And so... At a certain point, and this is jumping forward a little bit, Holly, I guess, kind of makes a connection that, wait a minute, Lola, who's this weird chick, asked him to the dance. You know, maybe, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're out there. And, and again, I don't know why she would necessarily jump to that conclusion, but she does. And I think a lot of this is just some of the, the plot stuff to get it going forward. So eventually he go, he eventually goes out there. So now we're going to kind of jump back in time. And that kind of finishes up a little bit with uh, Jamie and Mia's story. The only thing that is kind of left, and we'll, we'll talk about this now, is that at the very front of the movie, we saw that when Brent swerved to avoid that guy, that who was all cut up, that that was turned out to be Timmy Valentine, who is Mia's brother and who's, who is the constable's son. And he's been missing for the last couple of years. And one of the things that when she is laying in bed, she comes back up from the dance, goes into her room, and he goes in to check on her. And she's like, why can't you find him? And so we see that, or what we're supposed to, I guess, uh, surmise from this is that they blame him for him not being able to come up, maybe not even necessarily find him and bring him back alive, but just to have some type of resolution to the thing of, you know, you're, you're a policeman, why why can't you find him? And then, you know, that gives us a little bit of explanation, the tension between the husband and wife, why they're kind of distant from each other, that type of deal. Let's jump back and we'll kind of we'll kind of finish it off with uh, Brent and Lola and Dad, Daddy, and that's the, only, that's the only thing we ever come to know him as. Back at their house, they eventually drill into his head. He eventually kind of breaks free again what happens is he had that he still has his necklace on him and for somehow it got off and was on the back of the chair 
and he gets a hold of it. He's able to cut his ropes free, and they've drilled into his head already. Like I said, they've done a lot of damage to him, and the dad is going to come up. They're going to pour boiling water inside the wound, which I guess maybe will kind of semi-lobotomize him. He has the razor blade in his hand. He's able to cut his ropes free. He, I think, slashes the dad, and then he cuts himself free. He takes the knives, the steak knives that are in his feet. He yanks those out. He runs up to the dad and stabs him a bunch of times, stabs him in the neck. The dad goes down. Of course, the daughter's still around. She and he start to fight a little bit. But what I like about it in this fight is it's actually kind of a realistic fight scene in that he, yeah, he's supposed to be a teenage boy, but he's he's still like a 17 or 18 year old boy and he's going to fight this 16 or 17, 18 year old girl. Well, he, you know, she kind of, you know, shoves him around and does some stuff, but he basically just wipes the floor with her. He throws her over. She's trying to do some stuff and he's on top of her. She's trying to get him off, but he's just too strong. And that's what I like about it. It's not, and again, it's not like, oh, a lot of times we see in horror movies that the, the female character is just as strong as the male. Well, that's that's not reality. And so he punches her in the face. Bam! And she kind of is stunned back, but she's still with it. And then he just rails on her again. Whack! And then he goes over, and she just kind of is stunned, and she's sort of out of it. He gets up. And you got to remember, he's pretty beat up. He goes over to where they had opened up in the floor, this big pit. And they had, they had found like a possum on the road or something and they cut its head off and threw it down there. So there's something down in that pit. What we had seen earlier too was that she has this scrapbook of all these boys. And it goes back to probably for about 10 years at least where they've been kidnapping boys for her, torturing them and either killing them. And eventually we end up in the pit. What happens is, is he goes over to the dad. He's going to maybe look down into the pit and um, the dad, oh, that's what happens. The dad is maybe kind of still like, ah, 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 he's still kind of half alive. He goes over and throws them down into the basement pit. And then there's, there's like three teenage boys that are down there. They attack the father and start eating on him. Um, at this point, Lola comes up behind Brent and is able to push him into the pit. So cutting back basically we see that Holly is um, has, has made contact with the policeman and he she tells him oh maybe he's out at Lola's place for whatever reason maybe you could go check out there so he goes out there the policeman comes up and he sees sort of the aftermath of all this carnage so there's all this blood there's all this stuff all over the place he goes in she sneaks up behind him, and, and I think she hits him in the head with a knife or something. Anyway, he falls into the pit. He's got his gun with him. She tells um, when, well, let me go back a little bit. When Lola pushed Brent into the pit, the three boys try to attack him. He's got a hammer that was knocked down in there. He eventually kill. He fights off those guys, and I think he, he kills them. Uh, and it's sort of a kill-or-be-killed type thing. So when the policeman falls in there, and it's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe an eight-foot basement or something like that. So when the policeman falls in there, he, he drops in with his gun. 
Lola is down on the pit looking at him. She's going to close it up, but he shoots at her and she, and then he runs out of bullets. And then she's like, I'm going to go take this knife and I'm going to go kill your mother. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to stab your mom just like you stabbed my dad. And then I'm going to go cut Holly's heart out because, you know, she cut my heart out when she took you away from me, that type of thing. So getting back to the scrapbook and stuff like that, we see that Timmy Valentine was kind of one of the only ones that ever got away. And we still don't know what happened to him. So we don't know if he wandered off. We don't know if eventually the dad captured him. I don't. I kind of don't think so. And that's sort of left unsaid. I think maybe that they should have... And I don't think they resolved that in the movie. Like, where did where did he end up? Where did he go? Did he maybe go off and die of his wounds? Were they too grievous? Did he have... Did they lobotomize him to where he maybe he just wandered off into the wilderness and died of exposure, that type of thing? You know, I, I don't know. So Holly is, um, let me think, how does it work? Lola, I think, has a knife and something else with her, and she is walking down the road. She's going to walk to where Brent and his mother live, and she's going to kill, you know, she's going to go into town and basically kill, in her mind, Brent's mother and Holly. Holly is is driving out and she sees Lola in the road as she's driving up. Lola, she stops. Lola basically jumps in the car. They fight and are struggling. And then I'm trying to remember what happens is, okay, well, I'll get to that here in a second because we'll make this a little bit more chronological. So Lola and Holly fight. Holly, you know, basically is able to get her off of her and starts running away from Lola. Meanwhile, what's happened is Brent looks up in the pit. It's high enough to where he can't get out. He can't like jump up and hoist himself up or anything like that. But what he does is he's looking around. You see that there's tons of skeletal remains. There's rib cages and bones and all sorts of stuff. And he's looking at all the bodies and then, he actually does a relatively smart thing in that he reasons, oh, I can stack these bodies one on top of each other and it will give me an extra three or four feet where I can at least reach the edge of this pit and get out. And I, I think at this point, too, we're supposed to believe, I think we're supposed to believe that the policeman is dead. They never, I don't think they really verify that. So he could be just unconscious. I, you know, I don't know. He could be pretty badly wounded. I don't know. So anyway, what happens is he gets out and he gets in the policeman's car and he's going to go after Lola because he understands that she's made this threat. And she's going to make good on the threat of killing Holly and killing his mother. So flashback to Holly running away from Lola. We see that She's at, uh, and, and when Lola is chasing Holly, Holly's actually running back towards Lola's house. So as Brent comes up in the police car and he's going super fast, you know, he's probably going about 70, 80 miles an hour. He sees Holly on the road. He sort of swerves and misses her, kind of taking him back to what happened with his dad. Luckily, he doesn't go out of control, but then we see Lola and bammo, he smashes into her and runs her over. Holly comes up to him. They kind of have their uh, reunion. And then we see in the rearview mirror, we see that Lola 
has a broken, probably left wrist, and it's, you know, her hand is barely hanging on, and one of her legs is all is all uh, messed up, and she is crawling with the knife, like using the knife to help pull her forward. She's crawling up toward the car like she's coming after them. Brent looks in the rearview mirror. He sees it. He just pops it into reverse and just, whoom, runs her right the fuck over and kills her. Or we're lead to believe that he kills her. He eventually makes his, he and Holly eventually make his, their way back to their house. That's pretty much the end of the movie. There was another scene in which we find out who the, again, we, we found out that the older woman who they had kind of held captive there and they called Bright Eyes was actually the mother that they had lobotomized. Once the father is dead, the uh, Lola goes into the room where the mother is and basically smothers her with a pillow and kills her. Uh, there is a lot of kind of some various and sundry other things. There's a lot of sexual tension that um, Lola is, again, I don't know if they chose this name on purpose, but Lola is kind of a, a Lolita figure. I guess we're supposed to believe that, but we see that at one point the dad had brought her a prom dress and maybe like a little and a new pair of shoes or something like that, and he has given her the stuff, and then she takes the dress out, and she's like, oh, this is great, and he's like, well, and he's getting ready to leave and walk out, walk out of his daughter's room, and she's like, well, wait, don't you want to see what it looks like on? And he kind of stays in the room and he sort of looks down and he's sort of looking at her. And the way that the camera is on the actress is very kind of salacious. And what we're supposed to be seeing is sort of this is how the father sees her. Because, again, the, the actress is probably like 25, 26 or something like that. So she's a grown woman. Uh, and has a woman's body. But what we're seeing is that she she has on like some pants and just a regular shirt. She basically strips down to her underwear and puts the dress on in front of her dad. Kind of like, you know, like like a, if you've got kids, kind of like your kids, you know, when they're four or five, six years old, they just undress in front of you. you don't You know, you don't think there's no anything from the kid. They don't think anything about it. And there is some of that, but... I think from Lola's standpoint, she also sort of knows what she's doing. She knows that she's maybe kind of tempting her father. Uh, but again, the camera angles, it sort of shows her. It kind of shows like her breasts a little bit. Again, she's still fully clothed. She's in, well, she's not fully clothed. She's in her underwear, um, but she's not naked or anything like that. And then it shows as she's pulling the dress up, it kind of go, goes up over her butt and everything. And, and he, the father is kind of like, oh, but you can tell he's viewing her more as a woman as opposed to viewing her maybe as his daughter. Which brings us up to another point in the movie. At one point, Lola says to, like, they, they had were trying to force Barry, or not Barry, Brent, to dance with her. And at, at that point, his feet were still nailed to the floor, basically. And they just made him stand up and were kind of moving him back and forth a little bit. So it would, the knives and stuff would kind of, rub and press on his feet so he was in pain and she's like oh you're no good and she throws him down and then she's like you know daddy I've always been looking for my prince and none of them are good enough and that's because you're the best one and then they almost and then they they're dancing a little bit and they're getting closer and closer and she's sort of leaning into him like she's going to kiss him uh, so there was some of that weird kind of you know shit that was going on with that but that that gets interrupted they don't actually you don't see the on screen kiss or anything like that and they don't kiss it because it does get interrupted 
but it does make you wonder sort of like, well, where was that relationship going to go in the next few years? That type of thing. So overall, and again, that's kind of the end of the movie. I know I kind of jumped around a little bit, uh, but I wanted to kind of stay on point with certain things. Like I said, overall, my favorite characters were Jamie and Mia. I kind of wanted to see more of them, or maybe it's just because they were written just enough to where you sort of like them and everything like that. And even with Mia, even though she's sort of morose and kind of this goth chick and all this other stuff, she is not so far gone that she can't form some type of a connection with Jamie you know, so I, I think she does have a real connection. They like kind of that they're at one point they were sitting in the in the parking lot waiting to go into the dance and they're listening to hard rock music and they're you know, they're both kinda, of, you know, banging their heads and stuff and so there there was some stuff. And I think she she genuinely maybe does like him. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe she's been so standoffish that he's like the one of the only guys that's approached her, that type of thing. Uh, but again, in the movie he's genuinely just a nice good dude. You know, he's a nice guy. Like I said, that is kind of going to do it for the movie. I would recommend it. Again, like I said earlier in the show, I, I don't think I would rent it from Apple or anything like that or from Prime or something. You know, If you've already got that service, like I said, I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. It may not be by the time you hear this. It may be off. It would be worth a couple of bucks if you could get it at a Redbox or if you've already got Netflix and you've got the disc service like I have then it's worth it to maybe get the disc from them. But like I said, it is on Prime, and so you can watch it on there if you've got Prime. Let me know what you guys think if you've seen this. Did you like it? Did you hate it? I know that there's not a lot, well, there's been basically almost zero uh, interaction and feedback with this show, and I understand that. I understand that the numbers have gone way down, and the actual number of people that are downloading this show is maybe about 100 people. Of those, maybe the ones that are actually listening is probably a minimum of about half of that, maybe even as little as about 40 of those 40 people that listen. You know, who knows whether or not they uh, would be motivated. Maybe one of those 40 people. And, just, and this is no slight against you guys as listeners, but basically when you look at the numbers, if it seems for about every 100 people that you have listening or subscribed you'll get maybe one that will actually write in or call in occasionally so that once you get up and where you have numbers that you're up into a thousand, you know, maybe you've got 10 that would actually be willing to write. When you get up into three or 4,000, you've got, you know, probably again, 10 or 15 that would call in or, or send in stuff on a pretty consistent basis. So, also, again, I guess I had mentioned briefly Facebook. There is the listener page, which is over on Facebook, which is just The Armed Ape. If you want to leave a comment over there and attach it to, to the show when I, when I post the episode, go ahead and do that, and I'll read it out on the next episode if that's easier for you guys to do. Or if you want to do a, a, like a direct message to me, which is just Tony Brown, um, you can do that, that type of thing. Uh, I don't know if you can send a, a message for the page, I, and I don't know. Facebook is so wacky. And even with sending messages there, usually I'll see the comments. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, especially since it's kind of a listener page. It seems they want you to pay for everything. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, 
I've had stuff in the past where somebody sent a message or, or did a thing like that. I didn't see it for a couple of months. So again, I don't know the easiest way or the best way if you want to make sure that your comment gets seen is to do the thing through the email, uh, either record your own audio or send in there. So if, if you would like to send in a comment, I'd love to hear from you. Maybe some of the other listeners would like to, uh, if one guy or two guys send stuff in, maybe that'll inspire a couple others, even if it's just a thing saying, hey, I liked it, or hey, I haven't seen it, or I'll check it out. You know, Let me know what you guys think. I'd love to hear from you. Again, I would like to get this show, the numbers up again to where we can have some participation. It doesn't have to be about movies. It can be about uh, reviews like we used to do in the past, and I may start doing some of that stuff as well. All right, my beautiful monkeys, I will see you next time. And I think next time, in fact, this is what I should do too. I'll change the for, the ending format a little bit too. And I'll talk about and let you guys know what movie we're going to do next. So the next movie that we will do, I'll do another quick one. And that will be on Devil's Rejects. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I, I'm pretty sure I have the DVD. But I will rewatch that thing. Hopefully within the next week or two, I'll be able to put that out. So uh, like I said, today is the 28th. I'll hopefully get this edited and maybe put up tonight and drop it out for you guys. And within the next week or two of you hearing this, go ahead and uh, send something in. What I will do too is I guess on my personal Facebook page and also on Firearms Cafe and The Armed Ape, I will put when I'm about ready to do a recording for the devil's rejects and that way if you guys want to put comments or or get stuff in you can do it that way as well all right this time for reels my beautiful monkeys i hope to hear from you soon i'll talk to you next time